Okay, well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the eclipse episode, the new moon solar total eclipse episode of the Weirdly Magical podcast with Jen and Lou. I'm Louise, or Lou. I'm an astrologer, shamanic practitioner, and writer of Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Find Your Soul's True Purpose. And I don't know where my book is, so you just know the name. I offer soul astrology readings, classes, and also have an online community or membership where I have different levels of membership. Um, I'm also offering a um, eclipse special reading at the moment because these eclipses and this year are really kind of pivotal moments in our history, basically. So if you need some support with those energies, you can find those eclipse readings on my Facebook. Um, or can be found at louiseeddington.com with one D. And um, overall, I help you to live in deep self-awareness and acceptance. I'm Jen. And I'm Jen Duchen. And I'm an Akashic reader. I come from a long line of healers. And I have a bottomless tool bag of intuitive intelligence, Akashic and numeric mastery. And, of course, the power of my signature illuminating journey cards. Oops, I think it's upside down or something, but it's here. Here's the box. (laughs) (laughs) And I provide divine soul translations, and I serve as a clear channel to my clients as they release emotional weight and activate fast-track healing, which illuminates a new path forward. I help my clients express the truth of who they are. And I do this through one-on-one sessions, workshops, and classes. I have a fundamentals class coming up for the Illuminating Journey Cards on July 11th. And I also have a group where people can join. It's a monthly group where I provide insight and support and healing. And that's my soul pillow salon you can find it all at jenduchen.com cool oh i did want to mention my free morning pages thing i'm doing at the moment as well it's never too late to join i have a facebook group called planetary magic cafe and morning pages is my favorite um kind of intuitive personal growth tool whatever you want to call it especially for helping through challenging times like now so that's completely free if anybody wants to come and join in in the planetary magic cafe on facebook but jen did you pull a card for this before we um dive into the energies oh housekeeping um i do want to ask that um if you enjoy this podcast please 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 subscribe at your favorite podcast provider and go to iTunes and give us a five-star review, whether you prefer to listen to that or not. Um, we also have some giveaways, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. And um, and what you need to do to be entered in the giveaway. Um, we also have a Patreon for $3 a month. You can support our podcast. We'll be introducing special patron-only content moving forward, and that's patreon.com weirdly magical. And lastly, each episode, we feature a listener question if we have any. We do have a great question later today. We'll be answering that too. 
Questions need to be emailed to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com and one question will be chosen at random. No personal details will be shared on the podcast other than your first name. So send in your questions. And don't again, don't be forget, don't don't forget to stay tuned to hear what our giveaway is. We're celebrating the eclipses and approximately one year of this podcast. We can't <laughs> remember what date we started, but we know we're about a year in. So we thought it was time for a giveaway. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. So Jen, yes, did you pull a card for this? Eclipse? I did indeed. And the card that came up is the Soul Portal 32, which I don't think we've pulled before ever no. for this group, this podcast. And for those of you who can't see it, it's a... Um, it's kind of like a land of it's salt, but it could look like um, water and these mounds of salt or earth. And then in the foreground, there's like a sort of temple, a half temple, and a reflection in the water below of the temple in gold. And in the distance is a person who could represent you uh, standing behind one of the mounds holding a stick kind of gazing down and there are these gates kind of uh, eastern style type of gates that are showing this kind of like a beautiful sunset color like pink very inviting and then in the distance there is an ancient Egyptian boat um, so and the number's 32, which makes a five with a three and two. I think this is a call to, for me, I, I always see this as a healing card. It's a card that calls us to reflect on who we are and where we need healing and, and what we need to put our attention to. So it's a very spiritual card, but it's also one that helps us to ground into the now, into the earth, into the physicality of life how cool um, you're gonna die when i show you the tarot card i pulled i wasn't sure whether i was going to share it or not but uh, i i pulled the princess of discs who is really looking within uh, with a golden spear pointing to the ground she wow. looked a bit like the figure in jen's card <laughs> That's yeah. about self-mastery within going within Wow, that gives me the cold shivers. I feel the shivers. I know. I was like, I cannot believe this. It's like virtually the same card, only from different decks, almost. Right. <laughs> the Jen's card looks weirdly like the Bonneville Salt Flats, where uh, huh. that and where I was tra- driving by last this weekend as on our way to. Yeah. Wow, how fascinating! Yeah. Okay, so this is clips. So um, just to kind of give an overview, this is a total solar new new moon eclipse. Um, it we won't it won't be visible over the USA or over the UK. It's only visible over the tip of South America um, with the naked eye. But that doesn't mean you won't feel the energy, and um, you know the energy to to kind of demonstrate the power of these total solar eclipses, 
the great American eclipse of August 21st, 2017 was a total solar eclipse. So this one is at 10 degrees and 37 minutes of Cancer, and Jen will talk to those numbers. Um, it's conjunct the North Node, because an eclipse is always conjunct the, the nodes, by the way. And this is a North Node total solar eclipse pulling us towards our Dharma, the North Node. And the North Node is at 17 degrees of um, Cancer, 17 degrees and 36 minutes. And opposing Saturn, Saturn and the South Node are both at 17 degrees of Capricorn on this eclipse with Pluto very close by at 22 Capricorn. So this opposition between Cancer and Capricorn, the polarity is really strong. The eclipse itself, the sun and the moon are aspecting um, Pallas Athena in uh, Libra. And I got a Pallas Athena tattoo yesterday <laughs> with, a, with a fist in it, kind of a take on the feminist symbol and me with Pallas Athena in it. And, um, and she's also, the, the new moon eclipse is also making a sextile aspect to, um, it is a sextile, yes it is, to Vesta in Taurus, almost exactly. And you know, there's a few other energies tied into the nodes as well. Neptune, most notably, um, Neptune in Pisces, as, as we record this on the 19th, Neptune is stationing retrograde on the 21st at 18 degrees and will still be 18 degrees on the eclipse. Also, before Jen talks about the numbers, I do want to mention that this eclipse is on July the 2nd, 8.16 p.m. London time, which of course is two days before um, July the 4th, the USA's holiday. So that might tie in a little bit to the things we're talking about. Well, I think it will. So, well, Jen, first thing I notice, obviously, from the eclipse itself is it's a 1-1. One, one. <laughs> so I'm sure you'll talk to that. So go ahead. Right. So, uh, yes, it's fascinating that the eclipse is the 10.37, so 10 degrees 37 minutes, and that's both of those are 10s. Uh, what else is interesting about the 10 is the fact that we are in 2019. So 19 is a 10, 1 and 9 is 10. Uh, the number 19 is actually the sun. It represents the sun in the tarot. And that is asking us to shine our light, right? The, the month of July is a 19 universal month. So it's a 7... Numeric calendar month, but it's a 19 universal month. So we have a double 19, and then we have all these tens because we know we're in a 19 calendar year, we're in a 19 universal month, and then we have the tens. So it's all new beginnings, all about this idea, which a 10 is, is bringing together the masculine and feminine energies within ourselves, within our world, to recognize the polarity of the two sides and find that balance in between. And I find it interesting that with that card, like the ones that we both chose, was about finding that sense of self within to, to be effective out in the world. 
So it's a number of love and light. And again, very much focused on this idea of stepping into our truth, regardless of what's happening around us, not being uh, focused on what other people are doing or saying about us, but instead being and doing what we came here to do on a soul level. So it's, uh, it's a, you know, there's a challenge in it. Also, when you think about the 10 and the 37 with the double 10, it makes an 11. And so this, these are almost 11 degrees, which is another, you know, one double one is that portal of entry to go into the space and that 11 if you add one and one it's two and we are having this on the second of july so there's a lot of energy here the one two this energy to kind of bring us into the sense the focus of who we are how do i how do i bring myself into the space while balancing the idea of who I am or working the two together, integrating them so it can go forward, right? This is an integration of the wholeness, which isn't asking us to be perfect, but it is asking us to focus on what is important to us and what has meaning to us. And then the two is about setting these boundaries, this idea of going, I'm looking at my intuition and I have to attend to details. How do I negotiate? How do I navigate this energy? Uh, so I find that totally fascinating. We have the ones, all the ones, and then the twos that are calling us. Um, I also wanted to mention the 17 because I think it's really important that we look at the 17 also because it's the um, nodes. Of course, that's important. Mm -hmm because it's guiding us you can think of the nodes as our navigation system in a sense about our emotional response or our feelings and our responses to what's happening in the world and what we need to do so if we look at the nodes it kind of gives us a sense of where we are and knowing that the strength of the um, nodes the cancer in this case our dharma where we're being guided to uh, become more expansive in the cancer home which is the home of the moon and there is this idea of being at home with ourselves because cancer is about recognizing what do we protect or maybe not use the word protect so much because apparently it activates uh, fear within us but more this idea of what would make us feel safe what you know what do we need to look at to feel safe and lou and i will talk more about that in greater detail but the 17 is also significant because it's the number of leaving a legacy so we know that right now the nodes and saturn are telling us it is time to activate this energy within us of going for what we desire what we believe in and when I say going for what we desire, I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about the, the bigger picture, the idea of being in balance with our environment, with our truth, with the people around us that maybe don't agree with us and that we don't agree with. How do we find that place where we can activate uh, something that will live, 
mm. forever or at least for a very long time. So that feels like a really important part. And then, of course, with the palace, Athena, we have the 13, which is the divine feminine. It's about making change. So the 17 is also about abundance, right? It's about setting our leadership, our goals, and creating this abundance around it because we recognize what is possible. That's an eight. Palace Athena is 13. That's a four. So we have, we have the two, four, and eight. Those are all the numbers that allow us to make things real in the world and not just settling, but actually going bigger, going for the things we may have feared and yet know in our hearts, this is where we want to go. Mm. You know, I always think of the North Node in Cancer and yeah, as you said, this is a North Node, um, or as I said, and you said, (laughs) a North Node eclipse pulling us towards our Dharma or our future. Um, it is pulling us towards this remembering that we're one big family and and to um, what we want in this family society to make us all feel so safe and secure. But there is an element of going within your shell with cancer to, I always think of the serenity prayer when I think of this, and it's that courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference really remembering that change starts with you and you know it can feel everything can feel very overwhelming with this energy that we've been having an eclipse energy can be overwhelming you know right now as we record we're as i said neptune is about to station mercury is about to enter the shadow of his next retrograde he goes retrograde right between the middle of the eclipses and um And there's a lot going on in this polarity between Cancer and Capricorn, the the safety we seek and the safety of the old rules and the the way it's always been done, if you like. But we're really over and over. You know, this year is amazing. We're having occultations of Saturn and Pluto by the moon every um, month this year. Um, a dear friend of ours uh, pointed that out on Facebook way back in January, uh, Linnea Van Horn. And um, and here we are right at the opposite point on this eclipse. Today, as we record, we have uh, the moon occulting Saturn and Pluto. Mercury will retrograde, um, will enter its shadow, up opposing Pluto and Capricorn, and will retrograde back to this point. So this whole, this whole stress factor point in the middle of Capricorn and the middle of ca- Cancer is just pivotal this year. Um, everybody's, you know, talking about January 2020 when Saturn and Pluto can join. And of course that's important. But all these other things are just tying in and activating this energy over and over. Um, We also have the South Node and Saturn at 17 degrees. We've got this tremendous pressure point around 17, 18, 19 degrees. The weekend we are just coming off had a a big kite configuration with everything at 18 degrees. Um, So if you have, uh, you know, and I'm sure this affects almost everybody on the planet. (laughs) If you have anything... Really, from probably eight or even 
even before I'm going to say six degrees right up to 20 degrees in your chart, especially of the cardinal signs though, Aries, Cancer, Libra and Capricorn, you're going to be feeling this mightily, this shift and this change. And eclipses, you know, they literally are resets. So every month we're kind of having mini eclipses at the moment with the moon, the ruler of cancer, eclipsing Saturn and Pluto over there in Capricorn every month. And here she is on the opposite point now, um, together with the sun. So our emotional body and our ego, if you like, together at a real reset in cancer. It's, it's kind of quite amazing, to be honest. And, um, but talking of the numbers, I did want to mention a couple of things from my point of view as well. There's this site I come across every now and again, and it kind of makes me, it makes me chuckle, but it always resonates. It's called ridingthebeast.com. So it talks about all the biblical, <laughs> biblical references in numbers. Um, so it's not a numerology site per se, but it always introduces um, really interesting things. I'm not going to read them all. If you want to find out, go and look up ridingthebeast.com and look up the number 10. But uh, they say, you know, the sim- this is the symbol of the matter in harmony because it's made up of four plus six. It also represents the creator and the creation, three plus seven. So it's the trinity resting in the expressed universe. Okay. Uh, for Pythagoras, 10 was the symbol of the universe and also expressed the whole of human knowledge. It's also the sum of five plus five. And of course, Jen's card was a five. <laughs> it represents two opposite current directions of the conscious conscience, in, involution and evolution. So again, I'm not going to read them all, but what they all say to me, it was ex- kind of expressed in those cards we looked at, you're kind of being told by this cancer energy that you are everything you need. And we've got to start realizing that and not relying on the man out there to, um, to do everything for us and not, um, and not expecting the outside rules to kind of work for everybody. Uh, you get the idea of what I'm saying. Both cards were very inner cards. Looking down, we've got the earth, we have ourselves. This is what we have. Um, Make the most of it and um, look within for your answers, really. Right. That's an important point. I I think that um, for me, I think about the idea of, yes, the 10, the wholeness, and all of those things you said that were fascinating and definitely all part of the 10, for instance, that, you know, because it's the true universal numbers. Zero is the beginning the you know total universe and the one is the masculine aspect or coming from the dot or the center so of course it it has great uh, meaning to us by showing us you are kind of the center of the universe mm-hmm. right in a sense right that's our responsibility we say oh i'm the center of the universe and so important and yes it's true <laughs> because we are the ones that are creating if you think of us being in this time of there's just gaps we are 
creating things through what we desire. And we're being given these numbers, the 248, in this actual eclipse where the moon eclipses the sun, right? So it covers the sun in entirety. The moon is the people. The moon is our emotion. So the sun is the, um, you know, the government, etc. cetera, mm. institution. It is also our ego or the outside, but it is also that opportunity to be the universe, right? To shine our light. So it's, it's like turning things inside out, mm. like saying I'm this amazing being and I'm this creator and I can do all these things is wonderful but we have to act on it we have to do the things we have to go beyond the fear the idea of the crab going i'm too terrified and that's the drain of the south node right yeah with saturn saying those old ways of behaving of being suffering and being a victim and saying i can't do this because people are stopping me or there's all these rules and i'm not allowed uh we can't use that excuse anymore as comfortable as it may be because Mm. we it's it's kind of like our responsibility to change the world by changing who we are and saying, yes, I know this is going to be tough to do this. I know it's going to be challenging to show people the true me and to act as if I matter so much that it doesn't matter what other people think. And we're going to have to really kind of push ourselves beyond, you know, our feeling scared or worried I was just watching that Russell Brand, which who I love. I think he's so oh, me too. <laughs> vulnerability. Of, I don't know if he was showing up in his bathrobe or something. But yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I was watching the one about how do you overcome shyness? And uh, I was extremely shy as a child. And, you know, sometimes I go places and I still feel a sense of nervousness about something. And he was going like, why do you feel shy? And usually it's because you're thinking of yourself. And when you're not thinking of yourself, you think about, and when he's saying that, he means the kind of egoic self. What does it look like to someone else? Then you think about what you're here to be. I don't know exactly his words, so you're going to have to go listen to it. But whatever the point was, it was get over yourself and your own feeling of, oh, because you were saying like, oh, you, you go with famous people and you think, what are they thinking of me? Will I impress them and all of this stuff? And just stop mm-hmm. thinking about that and just be who you are. And for me, this is like, this is this moment of, yes, I got to get over my own issues around, oh, what will it look like in the world? Will I impress them? Will they know the truth that I'm not this perfect human being? I'm just a person that does I have horrible thoughts I do horrible things you know I'm not always kind of wonderful but I am a normal human being I think that's the aspect that it's okay for me to have all that yeah and uh, be with that and go yes even with that I can shine my light I can show the world this part of me this part of my soul that wants to connect and is beautiful and wonderful and we all can do that and I I do think that's really important because with Saturn kind of pressing on there, right, and Pluto so close, it's this opportunity to release this fear we have around showing who we are. And with the cancer thing, it's the opportunity to change our ancestral stories. Like, oh, this we always did this this way. This is the way it's supposed to be. 
we're supposed to look up to people and, and decide that people who have money are not there's anything wrong with having money. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Right? But we do have certain belief systems that people with money or in powerful positions need us to bow down to them. And that's like total bullshit. We have to stop doing that. We have to stop belittling ourselves because we don't have what those people have. Mm-hmm. You know, putting them on a pedestal because they have something. We've got to look at everyone and go, well, you're still a normal human being. You're still exactly like me and so we are all equal in the sense of being able to create things make things and shine our light Mm. i did want to mention the vesta and the um palace athena too but you know this is a deeply deeply and i hate the binary thing again but uh the female um eclipse really i mean because earth signs and water signs are um are all so-called feminine signs and cancer is water um vesta um the the goddess of the the flame the hearth is in taurus which is really always to me taurus represents the sign closest to gaia to mother earth really and uh, vesta's in taurus um and then Pallas Athena, the uh, wise justice warrior in Libra, which is actually the only male sign because that's an air sign. But she's ruled by Venus too. So there's two Venus ruled signs, Vesta in Taurus, which is ruled by Venus. Uh, Pallas Athena in Libra, which is ruled by uh, Venus. And then um, Capricorn is a very feminine sign because it's actually ruled by the sea goat with the tail of a fish and you know so this to me again is yet another um rise in the divine feminine in the call to kind of move towards this more um i'm going to call it a more circle circle approach to um to how we rule and of course then there's the patriarchy hanging on by its fingernails still um but you know i always i probably do this more than jen but you know i look at what's happened in the news what 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 are people are talking about and how this is representing the energies and bernie sanders whether you agree with him or not um it doesn't matter he gave a really important speech leading up into this eclipse wormhole just the other day um, and the opening remarks of his speech were just, I, I quoted them in my today's post on medium.com if anyone wants to go and read it because, and this is what date are we? The 19th, <laughs> June the 19th, if, if you're listening 18th. to this afterwards, the 18th? 18th, June the 18th, if you want to go back and, um, and listen to it, um, or, or read the words, he wrote about this pivotal moment in human history and, you know, it was about, he talked about, um, well, are we going to fight for human dignity and things like that? And it just feels very much of this energy, you know, cancer is the mother and the nurturer and the cancer is the energy that wants to heal everybody, you know, not just, um, 
not just those that can pay hundreds millions of dollars. <laughs> and it wants, to, you know, it's this kind of energy of nurturance and of remembering that we all, all work together. And I know Americans struggle with the word, but I always think of cancer as very socialist energy <laughs> in a way. Socialism as in democratic socialism, you know, um, that I grew up with in England, kind of caring for people. There was a, an expression, you know, about the NHS that you're going to be cared for from cradle to grave. You know, how comforting is that? Um, and it just feels like we're being pulled more and more towards that personally. And I don't mean to make this political. This is more about how we view our place in looking after each other. You know, I don't want to get tied up in these definitions too much. So, you know, Vesta being um, in Taurus, it's about caring for the earth too, the hearth that we live on. You know, she is our home, Gaia. <laughs> so she's pulling us towards looking back to that even more. And then Pallas Athena is pulling us to think about um, peace and balance and justice, social justice, harmony. Um, again, we always have the choice of whether to really step into this. But I really do think people are more and more, you know, as people kind of wake up and start to really see the bigger picture of what's going on. And of course, the full moon that we just had, um, that Jen and I um, talked about in the last podcast, really enabled us to see the bigger picture before we go into these eclipses. And we talked a lot about that on that episode. Um, before Jen jives in again, I do want to mention as well that this eclipse is uh, pretty much conjunct Sirius, um, fixed star Sirius, the brightest star in the night sky. Uh, she's at um, 14 degrees of Cancer, so kind of sandwiched in between the, the North Node and the Sun and the Moon on this eclipse. And, and she um, is... Um, is really seen as a very fortuitous star, the, sh the brightest star in the whole of the, um, of the, um, of all the stars that is. Uh, she's also represents, you know, real kind of fame and, um, and real um, leadership. That's what the word I was looking for. Uh, you know, everything has a downside. So some of it can be uh, over pride and things like that. But she's a very important star. Um, she was worshipped in many cultures. Um, the Sirius heliacal rise uh, signaled the peak of the summer in many places. And it does for us really as well. Um, it also uh, triggered the annual flooding of the Nile and the beginning of the ancient Egyptian calendar. So there's a lot to be said about this as well being triggered and this happening on July the so close to the um July the 4th the America's birthday. We see what's happening. Let's uh, kind of hope that the fortunate um energy of the dog star kind of leads us away of the from these drums of war to um to how can we do this differently and maybe a new leader will emerge um, through this being on Sirius, you know, or maybe you'll merge into your own personal leadership too. 
Right. Well, that's interesting. The 17 degrees is about leadership and, and so is the one. The one is truly about finding leadership within yourself. It's about innovation and vision and focusing on what it is you need to do to become your own leader and how you can lead others through that. Because the truth is leadership depends, like we look to others to lead us, but the truth is that no one can really lead without leading themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really important. And that's true leadership is when you help others to become leaders too, instead of telling them like, over managing them and taking away their power, a true leader wants others to have their own power. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just mention about Sirius because very important for so many, many, many people are mm-hmm. descended from Sirius. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, is the Egyptian, um, one of the key Egyptian sites. I think, I can't remember which one it is, is actually positioned exactly below Sirius. So it's really quite... Oh, what is the pyramid? Pyramids, or is it the um, Sphinx? Or one of the particular pyramids? I don't remember exactly. Anyway, you can look it up. But the point is that this star is linked to our ancient, ancient history. It is bringing back these ancient energies that have been dormant within us Mm. and awakening us up to this greatness from the old days when they say that the many beings who came here from other planets that looked that were very large and so they were considered gods Um, and many of us have family and connection there talking about uh, cancer right this idea of what is the lineage that we want to celebrate? What is the lineage that we hold so dear that we are willing to uh, fight for it? And I, when I say fight, I mean have the courage to stand our ground and go, this is my truth, not what somebody else told me. Um, what's more important, being safe and comfortable and ignoring others or being... Uh, connected you know mm-hmm. it's uh, it's such a major point here I, I was looking as Lou was talking about such you know truths and fascinating points Vesta is at nine degrees right so Vesta is our heart nine is the number of universal love it's about connecting us heart to heart to each other and the idea of being social beings I also find it very strange that Americans have been uh, brainwashed basically to believe that socialism is something bad. They don't even understand what socialism is because, you know, actually police force and, you know, uh, um, ambulances, hospitals, roads, schools, that's all socialism. It's all, what's all socialism is, is pooling our resources. So uh, we use socialism all the time. And when we point and say that we don't want socialism, that doesn't make any sense at all. So you need to look at what you're saying, at the words you're saying and understand. And this right now, this time we're in right now, and I can feel it in myself and I can see it around me is we have to be able to stand and hear people criticizing us and showing us the parts of ourselves that we don't want to admit the stubbornness of being, Oh, I need to be right. No, I know what this means. Mm -hmm. 
I refuse to listen to you and just shut up and stand there and listen and take it in and say, wow, have I been under a, a rock? Have I been imagining that I've had this, uh, um, you know, this belief that was true, that isn't true, that I didn't even see the way I've been reacting? Mm. Just take a moment and just stand with that and listen, even listen to the things of the people saying that you can't stand, you know, and hear what they're saying and hear the parts that feel like they are either, you know, wounding you and there's something inside you that needs healing or maybe something where you want to change that you feel like I know I don't really believe this because Mm. how are we ever going to all work together and find these these beautiful uh, new leadership circles, as Lou mentioned, what I call leadership in the round, you know, giving people a chance to each say how they feel and be heard. We don't have to take the opinions of everyone, but we can certainly listen to their opinions. And and then come to a consensus. Right, (laughs) consensus, a true consensus, not a gerrymandered consensus Mm -hmm. where I decide I'm the one in power and I'm going to control the outcome. Uh, So I I think these are all highly important things that we need to do. We have to take our own medicine. We have to listen to the truth. We have to go, I'm breaking away from all the bullshit, the lies, the assumptions I've made uh, and see this idea. I had a client the other day, it was really interesting, who was had an, some idea around what they were carrying in their minds, and they were asking about this particular issue. And the records were going, this, is your, this isn't even true. She's basically built her life around this assumption that isn't even true. She decided this was true. And, yeah. and you know, when we believe something is true, we will, our minds will go and seek evidence to make it real. Mm-hmm. So when we decide that we're willing to be vulnerable enough to be wrong and go, wow, I really have been, uh, uh, what's the word? Dissolute, um, deluded. <laughs> yes. What's it? Delirious. Deluded. Yes. Deluded. I've been deluded. I think this is the power here of Neptune mm-hmm. going retrograde right now and then mercury being in the shadow this is all about us receiving information in a whole new way oh not limited by the narrowness of our minds and our own thinking we need to think bigger when lou and i talk about the fact that we have within us access to what we need we're not talking about the smallness of our minds oh no 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 mind body spirit everything Right. How deep power if we choose to use it. And I think I mentioned on my blog this morning as well about this Mercury going into shadow opposite Pluto. Some of the, the information that is coming up is going to be deep shadow stuff, deep stuff we have not wanted to look at before, I think. Yes. And, you know, I think we have to stay kind of as much as we can, very centered and be willing and have some courage to kind of look at this information and you know to look at the eclipse um, chart again on the eclipse um, mercury will turn retrograde just after the eclipse five days after so it's pretty much stationed on the eclipse at four degrees of leo 
and and mars is still right there behind it mars and mercury they're to they're conjunct tomorrow as we record this and and they're going to track together into leo and uh, kind of i've lost what my point was there that's ruled by the sun but oh the information was to kind of shine a light and cut into this information um about leadership leo is the king the leader again it's it's kind of all lining up to kind of say this the information is being made available to you from the universe and by that i don't when i say information i don't mean studying and i don't mean reading i just mean from everywhere open your awareness you know to just a thought that you have and or you know something that just seems to come from nowhere you know it doesn't you know we are being changed our vibration is raising is rising up if you are open and willing to it and of course leo also recommend recommend represents the heart so it's about opening your heart cancer is very nurturing too the two signs together are are very kind of there's the benevolent ruler in leo and then there's the mother in um in cancer both ruled the leo by the sun cancer by the (laughs) by the moon the two signs next to each other both being activated really and then mercury will retrograde right back to the point where it's at this week opposing pluto there's a lot this information that is going to kind of change us forever the way we look at things if we remain open is affecting both our heart our soul our spirit our emotions um how we want to mother and father the sun and the moon as well um it's it's quite amazing how you know the more i study the cycles of astrology and the more kind of we dive deeper into it the more i realize that the universe does have a plan we just have to be listening to that plan (laughs) it all unfolds exactly and yeah. to piggyback with you on that, the to me, I, I see looking here, Mercury is at three degrees. And so three degrees is about the, the child, the creativity, remembering the mother and father create the child. And we are in that space where we get to play all three roles. So mm-hmm. we get to get curious and explore and create. What do we want to create? What do we want that's different? And remembering also with that relationship with uh, with Leo and uh, Cancer is it's not just the mother and father; it is the governments or the the institutions and the people. So how do we work together? How do we make this a environment that is a blessing, right? Because heaven is on earth. All of these stories we have about all these different things is comes from the way we think about things like when we despondent about our opportunities or now this could be you know we could have some um, uh, military action going on here some uh, requirement by those in charge who want to control us through fear right fear is a great way to control people and Mm -hmm. we have to not get caught up in that we have to look at what else is there yes normally i would be in fear 
and maybe I am a little bit concerned, but what else is there? I got to open my mind. I got to go beyond just fear, just labeling a room. Oh, it's fear. So I better not go in there. I better do what they say. I better be a good little child. No, you don't want to do that. You want to question. You want to get together with others, remembering we are so many of us are now connected to this idea that we want something different and we're not going to take it. So we're all going to sit down and have a sit in, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to refuse to go into fear around being manipulated. Instead, we're going to get curious. We're going to wonder why do these people need to do that? What, what other ways are there to do this? Mm -hmm. Get playful, get curious, really try to explore the opportunity. How do you shine your light without doing it through the ego, without going like, everyone look at me, I'm so important. Mm -hmm. you know? Shine your light because you know you're important, because you've got something amazing, magnific magnificent to share, and the world wants to hear it and see it, and you want to do it. By doing that, that opens the doors to so much and moves you away from being in fear about certain words, certain beliefs, right? This mm -hmm. is remaking your whole home environment and the home that we live in. Like we were saying, it's not just your house. It's your, it's the earth. It's the mm -hmm. total picture. Like remembering that we are visitors of the earth. The earth mm -hmm. doesn't need us. We yeah. need her, right? <laughs> so we have to get like, have that, allow her to instruct us and inform us because she has great wisdom. We can learn from her. So, yeah. So talking about the, um, I can't remember what word you used, but it triggered thoughts in my mind about the mercury. I could almost feel actually, as I talked about mercury entering its shadow and going retrograde five days after <laughs> um, and going back to opposing Pluto, I could always feel people already going, Oh, the fear of Mercury retrograde. But, uh, so the trickster, you've got to have fun with the trickster. You've got to um, almost let the tricks play with your own mind and with your own perceptions with Mercury retrogrades. So there's that way to deal with some of the fear. Instead of going, oh, it's going to be awful. Just think, oh, just laugh at the minor inconvenience. As I say this every Mercury retrograde. But this one is probably... Uh, pretty uh, more important than some of them because it's going to retrograde right in the middle of this whole eclipse season and go back pretty much to where the first eclipse starts. And the other side of the fear thing is that Saturn in Capricorn is, is always described as very stern and the rules and it is all of that. But one thing I've learned about Saturn and Capricorn over um, all my years of study is that as Saturn and Capricorn matures, which we are being asked to do collectively, we're being asked to mature, it gets lighter. It goats around with stuff. It kind of like, um, I look at the tarot card, the devil tarot card in the, my favorite deck, the Toth tarot. And it's this um, goat figure with a, with its, its head crown on jauntily and it looks really naughty. Capricorn's got this really naughty side to it too. And I think because the Saturn in Capricorn is right on the south node on this eclipse, then 
we are being asked to let go of this rigidity of thought and rigidity of the rules and to go around with it ourselves and play with it, get playful and say, how can I be a bit subversive here? Not in a, you know, um, anarchistic way, but how can I subvert things generally on a daily basis? And before I, uh, we kind of move on a bit more as well, I did want to say is the, um, I, I quickly looked into it and we talked about um, Sirius, the dog star. It is with the Great Pyramid, the middle of the two, but it also points at all three eclipses. And um, it's, all, it's identified with um, Isis, Osiris and Horus who all appear. Orion is um, um, contained with all, in all of this. So here we have the father, the mother, or Isis, the mother, the father, Osiris, and the child, um, Horus, which of course is about the whole divine story that has been exactly. told the Trinity for, <laughs> for years and years and years. Yeah, I prefer the Egyptian version, actually, because it does... Right. Um, right. And one of the key things about the story of um, uh, Isis and Osiris is the fact that her husband, they, they were brothers, brother and sister. So this mm -hmm. is that whole idea of the bigger picture of loving each other, right? Mm -hmm. They were brother and sister. They were also um, a couple, mm -hmm. uh, loved each other dearly. And uh, out of jealousy, someone killed or dismembered and killed Osiris. And uh, Isis uh, went and found him, found all the pieces and sewed mm. them together so they could actually have a child. And uh, I can feel a lot of emotion coming up around that. And I think this is really, that's weird. I feel tears. That's so crazy. Yeah. Um, this is really to do with this moon, right? This mm. is us finding our lost pieces and... Creating a child out of this uh, aspect because, you know, it's like the, this world we've lived in has destroyed what we believed in, what we loved, and cut it all up. And now we've got to go back and find all these pieces and sew it back together. And we can um, mm. really birth this new way of being because yeah. we've been broken and now we are whole we we are the ones seeking and bringing back with the guidance of cyrus with the guidance sirius with the guidance of um of the universe so what a beautiful uh thing so i'm glad you brought that up but that was so strange i felt all this emotion coming up it's, it's not unusual for me joe <laughs> <laughs> Of course, especially with a cancer new eclipse, you know. Right. You know, if we think about the child, um, Horus, he's the god of the sky, you know, and we're kind of rebirthing ourselves. This, this, um, the this the the sky created the sun, the moon, the sky. It's all these ancients knew far more than we realize, and I'm so glad that people are really starting to investigate their old cosmologies and and stories and myths because they they just you know we kind of look back at these old cultures and kind of think we're more involved but i really often wonder if we actually are 
because all their gods and goddesses were represented parts of us just like the planets and they you know they they recognized that um that they were a part of them you know they were based generally on on um emotions and parts of the human experience so so they are they just right they actually had time sorry go on yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's so excited it's so fun it is fun but uh yes they actually did have we in the past moments where they lived with great communion with the with Mm. the earth and with each other and that's so powerful and i was just thinking when you're talking about horus the idea of the sky when we think about our lives when we look at the world and we see the sky mm-hmm. and the expanse that we are given this we get to decide what we are looking at and what is looking at us and what is protecting us and how big our minds can be how big the potential is when we think about the sky like we say that the sky is the limit right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely one way to look at it, right, going forward with the, all these eclipses, with this changing us, with kind of kicking us out of our old homes and going, the fire still exists, the Vesta, with the Athena in, in Libra holding the, um, the balance. Yeah. And all of this, these elements that are showing us and showcasing that idea of how the moon and the sun, how our ego and our home our spirit and all of these things can work together to create this perfect 10 right we even have that saying yeah amazing i think we should because we've still got the giveaway to do and (laughs) the question to answer shall we move on to the symbols do you want to do the symbol first all right let me see what it says um Hold on, I've just got to get to my notes. So, Cancer, 11 degrees, mm. a clown caricaturing well-known personalities. <laughs> 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 oh, this is good. We forgot about that. So we're glad we have the humor. The value of humor in developing objectivity and independence of mind. Humor and irony are powerful tools in assessing the value of socio-cultural realities and thereby in freeing oneself from glamour and prejudice. Laughter deconditions and often paves the way to a realization that we need not be unduly impressed by what our tradition has more or less forced upon our consciousness. The clown, of course, is the more popular manifestation of this urge to laugh which seems to be such a basic characteristic of human nature. Caricature and satire are more intellectual forms of the same need for intellectual freedom. And the, um, the word this, yeah. conditioning. Deconditioning. I like that. Because it goes to what Jen and I have been saying. You know, we're, we're all conditioned to live a certain way and uh, we're being deconditioned so at a rapid rate of knots right now I think (laughs) (laughs) do you know that somebody I said I used the term rate of knots in a in a blog post a couple of weeks ago and somebody didn't know what it meant I was like really 
We're weird. Yeah, I guess that's more of an English term than. Well, it's a sailing term. Ah, it's a sailing term. So right, but I guess they don't use it here in. I guess not. No, no. And and just one quick aside. It made me laugh. I was looking at somebody's. I don't know how I came across it. I can't even remember where, but they were talking about the U.S.'s refusal to turn to the metric system, which is basically a binary system based on tens. <laughs> and, um, and they were saying it was part of the Illuminati's um, um, plot to take us over to move us into the metric system. But anyway, I just thought that oh, yeah. just came to mind. Hilarious. I don't believe that. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but it is hilarious but it just shows you this i think is a key thing uh, uh and i'm sure this happens everywhere but it seems to be very prevalent in the states is being obsessed with um what's the word um others trying to take us over there's like a word for that like right well they're paranoid <laughs> ah, paranoia right good paranoia this is perfect for neptune going right okay look that idea of socialism, of the idea that yeah. Illuminati are trying to control us, we can't do it. So that kind of fake independence, oh, I'm going to be so much better. No, you're much better if you just use the metric system and get with the program, that yeah. program, so that you can be more unconditional, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. as you're fighting your territory, you're spending all your time uh, fighting about total bullshit, things that don't even matter. Seriously. I mean, Jen Jen and I think numbers matter, clearly. But um, but in that respect, you know, 10's a powerful number. And by, you know, anyway, we've done it. Well, giving your your power to to your belief about a word is is actually very disempowering. Exactly. Anyway. (laughs) So the Chandra symbol. This is a good one, too. (laughs) monstrosities in glass jars at a sideshow plagued by glitches stuck in in anomalies you feel atavistically caught in very strange old places that will not budge for anything self-doubt self-negation self-sabotage excruciatingly self-conscious The glare of the spotlight falls upon chronic unconscious syndromes, places where hiding in massive dysfunction seems to be the only security and safety. The unwitting, subtle fostering of clusters of negativity and confusion, perpetuating the problem by doggedly refusing to see it for what it is. The extravagant pretense that all of this is a joke or something gross and trivial yet in the end being stopped by little shadow dwellers just becomes too painful for you to rationalise any further. And the freakish syndromes you tried so hard to pawn off on everything else come back home to be uprooted with deep, sober will. I, t- I see this more as a, not what will happen, but how this, particularly this lead up to the eclipse, and what almost what you're being asked to eclipse, you know, all of this self-doubt, self-negation, self-sabotage and the excruciating self-conscious thing. You know, that's um, that refers back to uh, something Jen was saying about we're saying you have all your answers within you, you know, your leadership, your power. 
but to get over this kind of thing, I'm so important and everybody's looking at me because that's the ego, big or the little ego self-conscious thing, you know, the, the I'm so important kind of thing. Whereas your true big ego is, is knowing you are important, but not feeling self-conscious about it and not in that bowling everybody over kind of way. Um, so this, this kind of symbol speaks to me more of looking at your own monstrosities, if you like, <laughs> your, your own limiting beliefs, the old things that are holding you back. So there you go. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have anything else to say before we move on to, should we do the question first? Yeah, let's do the question. I, I was just going to say what you were saying. I think the idea of being, uh, uh, the difference is that being needy, right? Mm. You don't need to need others to do something or have an opinion about what you do. No. Uh, but that's the way it's been so far, right? I also think it's pretty funny. You said dogged and you know, the dog store, Sirius, Cyrus or whatever. Yes. It's called the dog store. So yeah. Funny. <laughs> so we have a question and it's a good one so this is from somebody who calls herself crazy moon girl <laughs> we don't know who she is but that's fine she says she's an avid listener of our podcast and finds it so helpful so thank you for sending us a question okay um her question and it's um just bear with me i'm going to read it all she says, I'd love it if you ladies could touch on the emotional side of moon phases. Through my whole life, I found my emotions take very sharp turns in the wake of a new or full moon. For example, the last full moon in Scorpio, she found herself craving fresh strawberries and actively crying and laughing at the same time uncontrollably, which sounds really wonderful to me. This is a normal response for me with a full moon, craving something and hysterics. In contrast, the recent new moon in Gemini, she felt very heavy, heavy anxiety for two days prior and couldn't put her finger on why. In fact, she didn't even realize the new moon was coming so soon until she felt this way and checked her moon calendar. Now it's past, she's calmed down. Um, and um, I'm not going to read that next bit. Usually on new or full moon, she wakes up in a panic out of a deep sleep, almost down to the minute of the time the moon sets in my state. A little more about me. I'm a believer in the universe. She's always loved astrology, but never truly studied it. I enjoy crystal work as a hobby and receive Reiki treatments monthly to release the big city energy. But she says she's a level-headed creative Pisces. And she says, any um, examples you have of people being ultra sensitive to moon phases and what it might mean or what she can do? Okay, Jen, she told us um, what position her planets were at, by the way. We don't have her chart itself. I could have drawn it out, but we have the planets. So right. what can she do? And do you have any examples, Jen? Of right. I actually have an example. And for me, I'm very sensitive to the moon. I find my moods change and I'm like, why am I feeling like this? And realize like, oh, something's happening with the moon. Uh, and one of the uh, key aspects for that, for me, is not being grounded enough. Mm -hmm. I tend to float above and live in another world. So learning to be grounded, even though I'm a Taurus 
So um, I think that's really important is to practice grounding, get a grounding um, practice, get out into nature, uh, be aware uh, that you need to be grounded because mm -hmm. you're receiving all this information uh, with what we know you have mercury and aries which that's your uh, you know it's your body right mm -hmm. your body so it's like your your what i feel is that your communication is um being received uh you know it's like you're getting all this information coming through you in your body and it has nowhere to kind of go right? mm -hmm place to kind of land mm. uh, so it feels like it's just floating all over and so when you're getting these urges it's like your body's telling you i i need that density i need that action i need those strawberries i need dancing i need i feel heaviness it's it's mm. almost like you're reading yourself through your body mm. um, that's what i'm getting well, I, I would agree just astrologically. I mean, you know, A, she's a sun in Pisces, which is very a water sign that's, you know, and the moon rules cancer, which is a water sign. So Pisces are very flow, fluid and flowy and flow with the movements of the tides and, and the water. And then, um, you know, astrologically as well, um, she has um, as you mentioned, Mercury and Aries, which is the body. So she she likes everything to be very straight thinking, very straightforward. She likes to make sense of everything with Mercury and Aries. And I'll come back to the moon. But you also have, you know, looking at your personal planets, you have Venus and Mars and Saturn, which is almost a personal planet, um, in Aquarius. And that's kind of your mind is in outer space it's very ungrounded energy aquarius because it's big picture energy um and but you do have your moon in taurus and so your moon is connected to the movements of the earth because we talked earlier in the podcast about taurus kind of being the most earthly of um signs and you're not connecting to your moon i suspect on the lunations so you know i would I would pay much more attention to the lunar cycle and really kind of plan ahead to be out in nature more or even 10 minutes a day with your bare feet on the grass as the moon's approaching because Taurus is the manifest. It's world, it's the trees, your body, physical body, whereas Aries is the I am. Um, so you, yeah, I think your moon, your own moon is screaming to be, attached to the the manifest world more and that will keep you but also you know what's wrong with eating strawberries and having a good cry that's very taurus too taurus loves food and to to feed the whatever the body is calling for and with your moon in it it's called what your emotions are calling for too so instead of making it wrong you know <laughs> my i think it'd be wonderful to be that tuned into the moon i'm less tuned in because i'm more um heady with them. yeah right. and you know the other thing is i was just looking at some of the other aspects and also the 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 thing here is the mind is wanting to make sense of it or control it and this mm -hmm. is intuition basically your yeah. intuition is so powerful if you can connect with the moon 
and have build a relationship with the moon and trust that you will have less up and down emotional impact because mm -hmm. you're listening to the information. You're not trying to push it away. I feel like with your um, ascendant in Capricorn, um, you will uh, want to control the situation, right? And with Mercury and Aries and all of that, there's that fiery need. I want to control it. I want to know what it means. And instead, or both, what about both? What about mm -hmm. going, that's good, but I want to be able to you know, really have an amazing relationship with the moon and you can. I think this, especially having the sun in Pisces and with that relationship in Uranus that we mentioned, Mm. It really gives you the ability to receive very powerful information. I think you're getting a huge amount of information and you're not using it. Mm. And so it's being pushed through your body. Like, you know, it's kind of mad at you. That's kind of what I feel like. This information is kind of mad at you. Because you're not, you're not valuing this wonderful information of what you're receiving and allowing it to inform your life in a new way. Mm. I would, I would agree, you know, and looking at where the ascendant is and your mid heaven is at 11 Scorpio, depending on where you were born, whether it was New York and without seeing the actual chart, there's a good chance that this, this moon in Taurus is in its own house in the fourth house actually. And, and therefore is craving to kind of have this connection with, um, with nature and with the body and within so it's great that you get Reiki treatments, but I'm really feeling like you need to kind of get outside in actual nature and go and hug a tree or something. Seriously, I'm not joking. <laughs> and have meditation with the moon. You need to meditate and communicate. Like I would be out there with a full moon or a half moon or nights in the moon. I would be sitting out there under the moon, moon bathing and talking mm -hmm. to the moon. Um, I agree. Yeah. So I hope that helps. Crazy Moon Girl. I love your name for for what your question was. That was great. <laughs> yes. And for anyone, it's like, you know, have a relationship with your own moon. Find out where your moon is and uh learn to open up that part of yourself. We've just been talking about the balance or the relationship between the masculine and feminine. The masculine part of ourselves is about the doer, getting things done, being mm -hmm. practical, the feminine side can be a lot more intuitive, but we have to be able to listen to the intuition in order to uh, not feel so afraid. Like that's what brings us safety is when we follow our intuition and we get feel more grounded, right? We're mm -hmm. safe when we understand who we are. When we're hiding from that, we don't feel safe. We feel terrified. It's true. Okay, so drum roll. Woo! So Jen and I, as I said at the beginning, decided to do a giveaway for um, approximately a year of the Weirdly Magical podcast and for the eclipses. And um, I am going to give away one of my eclipse mini readings and a signed copy of my book um, to two separate um, drawings. So we need lots of entries so you get a chance to win it. And Jen, you're going to give away a copy of my book, Mishi Cocoon, and a mini 
Akashic reading or card yeah. reading, whichever one the person chooses. Cool. So just say my eclipse readings are a mini astrology reading and um, also a little bonus tarot reading at the end. So, so you get one of those. But how you enter to win is um, go to iTunes. And if you've already done this on iTunes, um, send us um, evidence that you did it. Okay. And write us a review, an honest review. We would like honest reviews. We hope the five star reviews, but you know, we want you to be honest. So it's not a requirement. And then I would like you to take a screenshot of your review when it gets published and email it to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com. And with your name and, um, and just your name for now. And when we draw, we'll email you back and get your address. If we're sending you a book or send you a, um, send you whatever we need to, um, set up a reading with you as well. So there's a total of four prizes here, two books. Um, I personally am prepared to send my book anywhere in the world. So I don't know. Is that the same for you, Jen? Yeah. 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 So you're not limited to just the USA. So anywhere in the world, sign copy. And um, and we want you to win. So, you know, listen into this. Go leave us a review. Send a copy of it to the email so we know it's you. And, um, and you know, so that would have to be a written review, not just a thing, you know, saying. A written stars. public review. A written public review. Yeah. What's the close date? Uh, the close date, I think, will have to be on the eclipse because this is the eclipse episode. Would you think, or do we need to get It'll this? Be on in the before? second eclipse. Let's just give them a little bit of time. Maybe two weeks. Mine's an eclipse reading, though. Maybe I'll do my. Oh, right, right. Maybe maybe I'll do my eclipse reading for the December and January eclipses as well. So yeah, let's do that. Let's make the close date. July the 16th, the second eclipse, the to- the partial lunar eclipse. So we can announce this again in the next podcast too. So there's lots of time to enter. But, you know, the sooner you get in, the sooner your name gets in the hat. And we need the reviews. So we just would like our honest reviews. So, so I think that's everything about that. Yeah. So Jen, um, tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me at jenduchenne.com. Uh, you can Google my name, Jen Duchenne. Um, my cards, etc., all on my website. My my group, my paid group, monthly group, Soul Pillar Salon, is on my website. You can just find the link there. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I do do many readings on card readings. Uh, on my Facebook page, well, it's just my name, so you'll have to find me. And um, something else that came to mind. Oh yes, and I do weekly readings on YouTube under my name. Cool. Well, I'm Louise Eddington. You can find me again by Googling my name or louiseeddington.com, my website. I have a Louise Eddington Astrologer Facebook page. I also have um, the Planetary Magic Cafe, which is my free group. Both of those places, you can find a link to these Eclipse mini readings. Um, They're not really mini readings because they're 
actually almost full length, but um, <laughs> but I'm just doing them remotely. I'm not meeting with you online. I'm recording an audio and sending them out. Um, I decided to do them differently to fit in with a very busy schedule right now. And uh, there's also the um, the free morning pages um, challenge. I'm trying to help people to help themselves through this challenging energy by developing the habit of doing the morning pages, which is three pages of stream of consciousness writing every morning. And that's in the Planetary Magic Cafe. I think that's everything. Oh, my book, Modern Astrology too. Um, if you haven't got a copy, go to Amazon <laughs> or enter to draw and hope to win a freed copy. Um, I'm also looking for reviews for that though on Amazon. Um, I've just managed to, it's so hard to get people to review a book on Amazon, but I review books all the time. I'm a bookaholic, so I'm always reviewing them. But um, <laughs> if you've got my book and love it, please leave me a review. So for now, this is time is really a powerful time. So, you know, we need to gather together with those that pull us up um, and support us. So, you know, if, if you're not in a position to um, join one of our groups or our membership sites or whatever then you know just come on to our facebook follow our um that we you know follow the podcast do all that we want to support you as as much as we can as well as um for money <laughs> so from for now it's goodbye from lou and goodbye from jen <laughs>